I'm Jonathan Kubitschek with Kubitschek Farms in Hallisville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. This has been a welcome week so far as we have seen much needed rainfall. And here's to hoping that you got your share in your corner of the Lone Star State. In the meantime, we've got another episode of Texas Ag Today up and ready to roll for you. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, corn planting is wrapping up here in our state, and we have the latest crop condition ratings for you. We'll take a look at all of those numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Despite all the challenges the weather has given Texas High Plains farmers lately, a new season is getting underway. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll be talking about why silage production could be the way to go. An above average peach harvest in Northeast Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll take a look at that crop and the anticipation for the Memorial Day weekend on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Summertime temperatures have arrived in extreme South Texas. Hurricane season, well, it's just a few days away. The weather is hot, windy, and dry. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Corn planting now wrapping up here in Texas with 92% of the crop in the ground, according to this week's Crop Progress and Condition Report. While corn planting is finishing up in West Texas and the Panhandle, corn is tasseling in the Rio Grande Valley and Central Texas. Sorghum planting now stands at 78% done, while cotton planting 44% complete. Wheat harvest is picking up the pace, according to the report, 10% of the wheat now harvested. The report also contains condition ratings for Texas crops. The corn ratings look okay, with 21% of the crop rated good to excellent, 43% rated fair, and 36% of the corn crop rated poor to very poor. Sorghum ratings, however, don't look nearly that good. 10% of the sorghum crop rated good to excellent, 39% of the crop rated fair, and 49%, just under half of the Texas sorghum crop, rated poor to very poor. We're seeing big numbers of sheep and goats come through the sale barns in Texas thanks to drought. Benny Cox of Producers and Cargyle in San Angelo says it has taken two days to sell them all for the past two weeks. This time of the year, generally, you'll see that market fall uh, off under normal conditions. Uh, We've had big numbers showing up. 
uh, here lately. Last week was another big week, and they really adjusted that that lamb market. Goats, not so much on those better fleshed goats uh, up there in that 55 to 60 pound range. I'd say they're pretty near steady with the week before. Now, the week before, they hammered them pretty big. Uh, but we've sat in here and we've had two weeks where we've had two day sales. That's not very common. And those big numbers are pushing prices down. They really hammered this thing last week. We had 9,500. Took us two days to sell them all. Early on Tuesday, the lambs, I call them kind of 30 to 40 lower. But later on Tuesday and, and the Wednesday sale, there could have been some of those lambs that were 40 to uh, $80 lower uh, per hundredweight, that is, than they were the, the, the week before. Benny Cox with producers and Cargal in San Angelo. A West Texas judge and three others were arrested last week for cattle theft. Loving County Judge Skeet Jones faces three felony counts of livestock theft and one count of engaging in criminal activity for allegedly gathering and selling stray cattle. Loving County is the nation's least populated county with just 64 residents. Silage production is growing on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt tells us the growing dairy industry and feedlots are keeping silage demand high. Something that we have talked about a number of times over the past couple of years is the big rise in silage production in the Texas High Plains. Dairies as well as some feed yards are offering area farmers a lot of demand for that product and Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says here in 2022 good opportunities for silage production could be coming to area farmers. There's the potential that producers could really acquire some very solid contracts. We are already seeing the cost of forage increasing and producers are aware that as we move into the summer if the drought persists as is forecasted we could see the price of forage increase and so producers are weighing that and if they are in a situation and within a regional market to acquire a silage contract they're definitely weighing grain versus silage and what could be more profitable this year. Growing silage does offer some water savings possibilities for producers although Dr. Bell says in most cases what individual farmers grow silage or grain will come down to what is best for their operation economically. Now, speaking of the economics of Texas High Plains farming, the local Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is offering another one of those AgriLife online programs next week. Coming up on Tuesday, May 31st at 10 a.m., producers are invited to participate in a program on marketing strategies. Leading the discussion will be two Texas A&M economists, grain specialist Mark Welch and cotton specialist John Robinson. That's Tuesday, May 31st at 10 a.m., But once again, the program is being conducted online, so contact the Extension Service to get details on how you can join in. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's peach harvest time in Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Texas peach orchard to see how this year's peach crop is doing. For today's program, we go to Northeast Texas, specifically the town of Pittsburgh in Camp County, where we catch up with Brantley Eford of Eford Orchards. Brantley uh, gives us a sense of what's going on up there as the holiday crowd will be coming in soon and the summer crowd will be in uh, looking for those juicy peaches. Yes, sir, they will. We just started picking a few days ago. Crop is looking good, so we're excited about it. It looks good from a quality and quantity standpoint, or from what perspective? Yes, sir, everything is clean. The fruit's nice. We have a full crop. Trees are loaded. What varieties are on your trees there, Brantley? 
Well, we have several different. We'll start off picking the uh, flavor-rich variety, which is an early variety they stick to the seed. After that, we'll go into a LaGrange variety, which is also an early peach. And when consumers stop by your location there, what are they looking for primarily? They typically like the freestone peaches. They start later part of June, 1st of July, and all freestone means is they pop off the seed. Are you anticipating a large crowd for the Memorial Day weekend? We are, yes, sir. We, we hope it's a good weekend. It usually is, and we hope fair weather and everything turns out. We're getting geared up out here. So we have the ice cream machines going and, and of course, selling peaches also. Overall, uh, you said that the crop, uh, would you say, is average, above average? How would you rate your crop? I would say this year we're above average. The past few years, it's been kind of rough just with that hard freeze that we had the February before last. It probably knocked us down to 60% crop last year, but this year I would never say that we have 100%, but it's about as close to it as you get. That is Brantley Eford with Eford Orchards in Northeast Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The summertime heat has hit deep South Texas hard. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. Valley cotton is making up for a slow start to the season. Cotton is now blooming and some small dime-sized bowls are being reported. Aphid pressure has been very heavy, but growers have been spraying to keep them under control. Dryland cotton and grain is starting to look kind of bad. The hot, windy, and dry weather pattern it nearly needs to end soon, and we don't have any rain on the horizon. Irrigated uh, cotton and grain, well, and corn, too, looks pretty good. Producers have been able to keep up a good irrigation schedule, but the irrigators are continuing to work almost 24-7 to keep up with the water demand. The hurricane season is just days away. The 2020 season, we go back to their little history, 30 named storms, 14 hurricanes, and seven major storms. Last year, 21 named storms, seven hurricanes, and four major hurricanes. A major hurricane is Cat 3 or above. Well, this year, predicting 19 named storms, nine hurricanes, and four major hurricanes. The National Weather Service is already looking and tracking an area of low pressure that's out near the Yucatan Peninsula. That could end up in the Gulf of Mexico sometime next week, and that would be several weeks ahead of schedule. Well, Alex, Bonnie, Colin, and Danielle, that's going to be the first four names this year. Tobias is going to be number 19. That's going to be the last on the list, and let's hope we don't get there. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Researchers from Texas Tech University's Quail Tech are looking for ways to help sustain the state's bobwhite quail population. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And cattle producers all across Texas have been dealing with a lack of water in stock ponds and tanks. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Cattle producers across Texas have been dealing with a lack of water in stock ponds and tanks this year. Dr. Bob Judd says this can have a big effect on the health of the herd. A lack of water could force cattle to consume water they would not normally consume. Cattle can only survive a few days without water, and the amount of water needed depends on water quality, time of day, current weather, moisture of the feed, body weight of the animal, and stage of production. Water intake and feed intake are closely related, so decreased water also decreases consumption of other nutrients. One study looked at cattle that in the southeastern United States were denied water for 48 hours prior to shipment to the Texas Panhandle, and the dehydration that developed decreased performance of these calves for two weeks when arriving at the feedlot. So even short periods of water restriction can have effects beyond the time of restriction. Common water problems include fecal and bacterial contamination, nitrates, hardness, salinity, and total dissolved solids. Cattle consuming water with increased salt or total solids greater than 10,000 parts per million have reduced growth and increased water consumption so that urinary output can expel the increased salt. In parts per million, nitrites should not exceed 33, nitrates 45, sulfates 300, and total solids should not exceed 1,000 parts per million. For this reason, all livestock water should be sampled and tested, especially in a drought situation. Peak water demands on heavy cattle in a feedlot during the summer can exceed 20 gallons of water per day. A 550-pound grazing calf consumes up to 12 gallons every day. So look at the quality and quantity of water you have available to avoid water problems during this period of drought. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Researchers from Texas Tech University are looking for ways to sustain the state's quail population. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. A recent gift from Dallas native Chuck Rybelin will help ensure Texas Tech University's Quail Tech program has the funding it needs to continue to find solutions to sustain the state's quail population. Dr. Brad Dabbert runs Quail Tech and is a professor of quail ecology in the Davis College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources at Texas Tech. He said the gift from Rybelin will help fund five-year projects across three departments in Davis College. The major portion is for a very large five-year study on the Pitchfork Ranch. In this particular study, we're using broadcast supplemental feeding. We're also using predator reduction. And that's kind of the overall umbrella over about 10,000 acres. And within that, then, we're focusing on nest survival and chick survival as well. That is a little bit of a black box as far as all the factors that affect chick survival. The outbranching of that major experiment is also to take a look at the economic values of quail hunting and what that does to rural communities. And then also we're working with the Agricultural Education and Communications Department to try to get the message out there. How can we educate individuals about our project and what they can do themselves? That was Dr. Brad Dabbert from Texas Tech University's Quail Tech. You can follow Quail Tech on social media. Links are available at quail-tech.org. That's quail-tech.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Jessica Domel. 
Another day of up and down trade in the cattle complex on Wednesday. We ended up closing mixed while cotton finished the day higher. We'll look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash. Like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was another up and down day of trading in the cattle market on Wednesday. We ended up closing mostly lower when it was all said and done. June live cattle dropped 42 cents to close at 132.30. The August down 22 at 132.52, while October live cattle were down 42 cents, 138.20. Feeder cattle lower on all except the nearby May. It's a very lightly traded contract getting ready to go off the board, but it was up 10 cents. It finished at 154.60. August feeders down 20, 167.95, while September feeder cattle were down 2 at 171.05. Cash fed cattle market seeing sales so far this week at 137 here in the south. Up north, we've seen more sales. Nebraska selling cattle as high as 144 on a live basis. Iowa trading cattle at 142 live. Dressed sales in Iowa and Nebraska at 227 this week. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday. Choice was down 35 cents at 263.30. Select up 29. 245.64. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's let auctioneer Troy sell that calf for us while we talk to Riley Rhodes at Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers. He sold them Monday. Riley, how did it go? A little cheaper than last week, Larry. Kind of across the board. Uh, took a little money off of Packer cows this week. And calf market a little bit cheaper than what it was last week, but not bad. Everything still sold pretty good. Ended up with uh, 1,342 head today. Uh, didn't have any real good stocker cows, but a pair brought eight and a quarter up to 1275. Uh, better bred cows, 675 to 11 and a quarter. Packer cows, like I said, they were off a little bit. 74 to 80 on your high yielding cows. 72 to 76 on your breakers. 22 to 48 on your canners. Packer bulls pretty much steady. 94 to $1.02 on your high yielding bulls uh, 76 to 94 on your low to medium yielding bulls two to three weight choice steers 174 to 196 heifer mate 152 to 176 uh, three to four weight choice steers 172 to 198 heifer mates 154 to 172 four to five weight choice steers uh, 170 to 194 heifer mates 144 to 160 five to six weight choice steers 162 to 188 heifer mates 144 to 160 six to seven weight choice steers 142 to 162 uh, heifer mates 130 to 142 and uh, seven to eight weight calorie 
Your choice steers 128 to 144, and the heifers 124 to 138. So got along pretty good. Like I said, it was a little bit cheaper in, in spots. Uh, the quality of the cattle too wasn't as good as it was last week. Kind of played into the market, uh, but uh, was pleased with it. Uh, you know, like I said, ended up a little over 1,300 yet today. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. 361-813-6650 is the cell. Uh, 361-786-2553 is office. LiveOakLivestock.com is web, and we are planning on having a sale next Monday for Memorial Day. Good deal. We'll talk to you on Sunday evening. Thank you, Larry. And neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins. It's a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The voice you hear, doing it every day. I'm Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finish mixed on Wednesday. June hogs up two cents at 109.05. July was down $1.10, 107.95. Class 3 milk was higher. May milk up 10 cents, 25.18, 100 weight. June milk up 17 at 24.32, 100. The cotton market closed higher, mill fixation buying, helping to pull the nearby July contract sharply higher. The textile mills are having to buy the nearby futures contract to offset their previous hedges. That's pulling that contract sharply higher, and it pulls the new crop contracts along with it. July cotton up 362 points to close at 145.16. October cotton up 325, 133.76, while December cotton was up 83 points, closing at 124.61. The corn market traded lower most of the day. We actually ended up mixed with the nearby contract up a half penny, 772 and a quarter. September corn down one and a quarter, 739 and three quarters. December corn down two at 723 and a quarter. The wheat market has been lower the last few days. Word coming from a Russian official that Russia is open to the idea of allowing food shipments out of Ukraine if sanctions would be eased. Now, that's just a statement. We don't know if that would actually happen. But nonetheless, the market has reacted to it over the last day or two. We ended up lower with July Kansas City wheat down four and a half, 12.33 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down six and a half at 11.48 and a quarter. In the energy markets, June natural gas was up eight cents, 8.87. July crude oil up 98 cents at 110.75 a barrel. The financial markets higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow was up 280 points, 32,208. The Nasdaq up 224 at 11,488. The S&P up 52 at 3,993. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.